Hello and welcome to the February 27th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. So it's definitely been a few days, and I'm excited to get back to my podcasting. I have certainly missed it, um, and for reasons that I will describe in a couple of minutes. It's It's been pretty rough, guys. I'm, I'm just going to get right down and dirty into it. It has not been easy over the last few days. Now, mainly I have not podcasted because I haven't had the strength nor the energy um, or the motivation to get on my recording device because every time I did so, I found it nearly impossible to get the words out. Now, just for the record, I want everybody to understand I am struggling a tremendous deal today as well. I don't know how to exactly describe it because I'm not depressed necessarily, Um, although there have been some bouts of crying here and there. Um, I'm not... I'm not unhappy. I'm just kind of here. I'm just kind of existing. And the only thing that has mattered to me as of late has been my past, interestingly enough. And what I mean by that is from an emotional and sensitive point of view, the only thing that I've been thinking of over the course of the last three or four days are things that transpired in my past, whether it be good or bad. Um, bad, let's use an example, drugs. Good, me walking through a department store with my little baby girl, Sarah Lee, who's 15 now when she was only two years old. Um, Or me spending time with Junior when he was three or four. And, you know, as I'm sitting here and watching, and I've talked about this many, many times, I'm sitting around watching my beautiful 22-month-old son grow I should be happy, and, and don't get me wrong, I am, but it just shows me and tells me as I watch him grow up so quickly that one day he's going to be right where my older ones are, and he won't be little anymore, and it makes me makes me kind of sad. So I did start a new dose of Welbutrin. I have gone up from 300 milligrams to um, 450. Uh, I do have actually... Before I get into that, I just wanted to let you know, I do have several emails with questions. A few of them are related to uh, medication, and I just want those of you to know I have not answered you simply because of the fact that I have not had the strength the same way I haven't been able to podcast. I always answer every email and answer every question, so if I haven't gotten to you yet, I will make sure that I do. But in terms of the medication topic, for Mr. Joe's own personal um, experiences, so to speak, I went up to 450 and Wellbutrin. Now, do I feel any less depressed? No, I really don't, to be honest with you. What I have felt is a slight increase in anxiety, which is common, 
when you first start Wellbutrin or increase your dose. A uh, little, little foggy in the head. Um, it, it, it's so hard to describe everybody. I mean, definitely some bowel issues, um, you know, completely constipated all over again. But it doesn't seem to be doing a whole lot. As a matter of fact, the side effects are nothing like they were the last time that I tried to up to 450, which I, I, I guess I'm under the impression that this was a very much needed increase because although I'm not feeling the positive effects, so to speak, right now, I'm also not terribly drowning, drowning in the negative side effects. So what am I feeling? I guess to sum it up, I'm just kind of existing. Now, one thing I will tell you over the last three days, uh, two days, I apologize. Over the last two days, Mr. Joe has had to dip into his stash of Klonopin. Always use as prescribed. As a matter of fact, I usually use a lot less than prescribed. However, um, I didn't break any pills up today. It's a 0.50. I'm sorry, not today. Yesterday and the day before. A 0.50 is what I am prescribed. And you best believe each of the last two days I took that whole clonopin and I absolutely needed it. Absolutely. My emotions are all over the place. Um, here's the interesting thing about what has developed over the last two days based on my clonopin usage. And again, we're not abusing it, but this is absolutely a fact because I went back into my application in which I track certain feelings and things that I do and moments in which I may be manic or depressed. And I have to tell you that this matches something that I wrote down a very long time about, ago about the effects of clonopin. Now, I've reported that things such as clonopin make me depressed the day after. However, that didn't happen this time around. It didn't make me any more depressed. It definitely relieved the anxiety, which is what it's good for. But in looking back at my past records and comparing those to what has been going on today and yesterday... It's amazing because it's it's almost like, oh, how do I say this? It's almost like I am OCD, obsessive-compulsive about everything, but in a good way. Does that make sense, everybody? It's, it's, it's definitely related to the clonopin. It has to. And it does something to my mind where it wants me to get organized and well. And, you know, uh, for example, I can't drive anymore with a dirty car. Not that I ever did, but dirty to Mr. Joe is a jacket on the front seat. You best believe that I need to now fold that jacket very nicely, put it in the trunk so I don't see it. My emails, I have to go through them very specifically, one at a time. Even, God, I know this is going to sound crazy, but even toweling myself off as I step out of the shower and dry myself, I start to do it in a very specific pattern. And this is not just with those three things. This has to do with Every single thing that I've come in contact with over the last three days, I guess you could call it, I almost want to perfect every single thing that I'm doing and coming in contact with. 
And ironically, it has not bothered me. It has not made me more anxious, probably because it's alleviating anxiety, because I'm engaging in those compul- uh, uh, obsessions, I'm uh, sorry, compulsions. And it actually is making me feel better. It really is. It's making me feel better. And I don't know if anybody can understand the feeling that I'm talking about, but it's this feeling of order. This feeling is where I do something and accomplish something, even if it's the littlest thing. I'm happy, I move on to the next task, and I've now accomplished something. And I accomplish and accomplish and accomplish. Doing laundry, vacuuming the house. I mean, it's. I guess you could say it's just... Uh, I am, can it be from the Wellbutrin? I don't know, because to me it sounds like I'm extra hyperactive. But it's, it's a different kind of feeling. And again, I don't know exactly how to describe it, almost though as if like I want to be perfect in everything that I do. And for the most part, I've been successful in everything that I've attempted to do. As, as silly as responding to certain email messages of importance to making sure Mr. Joe's back is dried off well enough to put his shirt on because I've now engaged in a very specific way that I go about everything in life. Everything. And I can't relate this to the Wellbutrin because I've had these feelings before. And the two times in which I usually have these feelings is the day after I smoke marijuana or the day after I take a Klonopin. Go figure. I don't know. I like it. It's great. However, uh, you know, I can't start getting in the habit of taking clonopins. If Wellbutrin is going to make me anxious and this anxiety is not going to subside, well, listen, unless it's curing, completely curing my depression, I can't understand, um, you know, why I would be on it if I had to keep taking clonopin, clonopin to counteract the effects of the Wellbutrin. Now, I also wanted to make um, something clear. Yesterday, I was in war- I was not at work. One of the other reasons why I was not able to podcast, I apologize. Today is Wednesday. Monday, I was not in work. I called in. Called in. I took a mental health day. The, the gym has been non-existent in my life, which I'm sure is not helping. And Monday morning, I woke up and I said, I can't work. I can't work because of my mental health. That's how depressed, that's how saddened, that's how anxious, that's how bipolar I was on Monday. And those of you who have a difficult time holding down a job or keeping the same job and constantly moving around, you know, I guess this is one reason why this goes on. Now, I'm medicated, so I was able to hop back in on Tuesday. You know, even if I didn't feel perfect, I was able to cope, manage, deal. Which, when I was bipolar without medication, my managing and dealing and coping was always compounded with anger and violence and trying to prove I was right and, you know, being overconfident and conceited. And then getting to a point where if I dropped down into a depression, I was like, oh, well, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? It is what it is. Whereas Monday, because I called in and we're allowed to take mental health days, everybody. I mean, listen, 
if you got a bad cold, the flu, a strep throat, a sore throat, an ear infection, I don't care what it is. If you're physically sick and you feel like you can't go to work, you don't go to work. So what is the difference if our mind is broken for that particular day? You're allowed to take a day. And I did. Difference is, instead of me saying, well, I don't care, it is what it is, and if I get fired, I'll find another job. I was actually kind of worried, not about my job, so to speak, and maybe some of this is the paranoia that sets in with Mr. Joe, but I was more upset with the fact that I needed to take that day. I felt guilty about the fact that I did. I was upset that I couldn't go to work. Um, Very different than, again, when I was unmedicated. So uh, that's one thing that's actually kind of gone on over the course of the past few days. And again, I apologize, everybody. My thoughts are extremely all over the place. They're very disorganized right now. This is undoubtedly the schizoaffective disorder that has come into play. Now, I sit here and I say to you all that I kind of just feel like I'm existing. You know, that blah mood. And there's a name for it. I forgot. I forgot that name. You all know it. I'm not going to waste your time while I go and look it up. Um, but there is a name for it, and I just don't remember. It's that, now i got to look it up. All right, everybody, I looked it up. I apologize. Well, I sit here and apologize as if you guys were on hold. Meanwhile, I'm pressing pause and coming back. I can't find it. Um, it's not hopeless. It's not helpless. It's not depressed. It's not manic. It's not hypomanic. It's kind of like a numbness, almost, an emotional numbness. Whereas I feel like I'm just, I don't have a feeling about anything. And there's a word for it. I can't remember. But here's the other interesting thing. I sit here and say that, but at the same time, the one emotion that I have been dealing with time and time again is the thought process of my children being younger and now being older and me not having to spend the proper amount of time with my two older ones and now watching my younger one grow. I've already discussed that in the beginning, but to the point where I was hysterically crying in the shower this morning. Hysterically crying. Um, just broke down. And I have to tell you, even though I sit here and talk about having no emotions, one thing I will say is I felt a hell of a lot better after I cried. I really did. I felt better. Of course, I engaged in the same routine of drying myself off, which made me feel even better. But, you know, I hopped in the car, I went to work, and, you know, that's it. Here I am. Here I am, really ultimately mumbling into a podcast, hoping that somehow, some way, I can keep hold of your attention during this podcast, because it's, it's, it's inevitable. Something has gone down with Mr. Joe, and I cannot really figure it out. But to, to sit here and report and say that, well, because I took Clonopin the last two days, the day after I take Clonopin, I feel like my life is finally back. That rigid life is finally back. Well, you know, maybe it's a bit of mania setting in because a lot of this has to do with cleaning and, you know, dusting and, and, and organizing. And it's just crazy. It's crazy what Mr. Joe is feeling. Uh, So this is extremely different, undoubtedly different. Trying my best to deal with it, trying my best to cope with it. But one thing for sure that I will say, 
is I am extremely tired of feeling this way. There have been rare occasions in which, which Mr. Joe comes on the podcast and really, really complains about myself, my identity, my desire to, I don't want to say live at all, but my, my desire to figure out or continuously research and understand as to why my brain ticks the way that it does. Because for me, bipolar is just not enough of an explanation. And I think it's because, well, maybe because I'm a rapid cycler and a mixed episode and I never feel stability, no matter what, really is what it comes down to. When somebody is dealing with mixed emotions, happy, sad, angry, just cycling back and forth all the time, it's almost like I can't settle into my own skin. And I just await for the next thing to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, I am craving, absolutely craving mania like you guys would not believe. Drugs have crossed my mind to try to get me to that point of mania. I have not engaged, obviously. Alcohol has crossed my mind, have not engaged. But that if we were to switch very quickly from the mental illness to the substance abuse, that's where it becomes very hard to separate the two. Because many, many times with bipolar disorder, we are addicts, and essentially what I've just described is self-medicating, but not actually going through it. But let me tell you something. Clearly, this is the way my brain used to operate. If I felt a certain thing that I didn't like, or felt a certain way that I did like but wanted to get even higher, well, what did I do? I, I reached for drugs. So it's not, it, it's no surprise to me that feeling like complete crap has actually put the thought of drug use into my mind. But I have not engaged in that. And again, one of the positive effects of being on medications, to some extent we can make rational decisions instead of being impulsive and regretting what we've done, you know, minutes later, an hour later, a day later, whatever that might be. Um, so, you know, medication certainly does help. Now, with schizoaffective disorder, really, I, I honestly think nothing seems to help. It's really like I have those disorganized thoughts, which is part of the schizophrenia, you know, the sounds, the hallucinations, they haven't really subsided. If anything, they've come back a little bit. They were gone for a couple of days. So this is all the schizoaffective. So what Mr. Joe also thinks is that it really might be time for me to explore a different or a new antipsychotic other than the Seroquel. God, it just scares the living hell out of me. I attribute the words antipsychotic to making me become and feel like a psycho <laughs> because of my experience with Abilify, which was an antipsychotic. I was such a disaster on Abilify that no matter what, when I hear the word anti, uh, when I hear the word um, antipsychotic, oh God, do you, do you know everybody that I've actually um, forgotten the words that I'm supposed to be using in terms of the medication? Anyway, 
Abilify didn't work for me, so I guess another antipsychotic might just very well do the trick for me. But again, it's one of those things where I'm just scared to give anything a shot. Why was I so easily able to go up in Wellbutrin? Because I knew deep in my heart that if I was to have side effects, they were bearable. They would be bearable. It was nothing new to Mr. Joe because I've already been on Wellbutrin. And essentially, I could just do what I did last time and just stop if it's not agreeing with me because it's not necessarily in my system at that level. I won't have any withdrawals and I'll still be taking it. But because of my fear and my experience with antipsychotics, I want no part of them. But what is the better way to live? Do I continuously live like this with disorganized thoughts and voices and sounds and hallucinations? Or do I address the situation? Seriously, I mean, at some point I need to address the situation. And and I don't understand why it's come back. And I guess it's because I never properly dealt with the schizoaffective portion or the schizophrenia portion of my illness. And because I cured, well, I, want, I don't want to say you, I don't want to use the word cured, but because I was able to get my emotions in terms of mania and depression somewhat in check, I was um, maybe a little less stressed out. So maybe that allowed the schizophrenia symptoms to kind of subside, and unfortunately now that I'm stressed beyond the max for multiple reasons, those schizoaffective symptoms have come back, schizophrenia symptoms have come back. So I apologize everybody for making this a short one, but I really felt like I needed to reach out to everybody um, and just, you know, let you know that I'm okay, I'm still here, (laughs) you know, definitely not the normal Mr. Joe. Uh, But it's really just a touch base and to make sure that you guys were able to hear my voice again and know that I exist. I apologize for all the nonsense that I might have blurted into your ears today. If you have a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you have a mental illness or you love somebody with a mental illness or an addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person. I'm a mess today, guys, the best way that you know how. And if you are struggling like Mr. Joe... Continue to fight, continue to battle, and soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Have a